You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. One of the things that we understand, or should understand as Christians, is that our God desires us to possess knowledge and understanding. He so desires us to have knowledge and understanding that he specifically made sure that he would give the church one gift in particular that would make sure his children receive knowledge and understanding. He said in Jeremiah 3 and 15, I'll give you shepherds. And he was specific about the type shepherds. He said, shepherds according to my heart that will feed you wealth, knowledge, and understanding. That, that, that's God's desire. I'm going to give you shepherds that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to give it. It's a gift. A shepherd is a divine gift. James said in James 1, every good and every perfect gift is from above. And God in his omnipotence and omniscience allow those gifts to connect with him in order for his people again to be filled with knowledge and understanding. Now, contextually, I, I want you to notice the wording again, especially on the first clause. When he says, he who has. And keep in mind, we're talking about knowledge and understanding. So, he who has knowledge and understanding. But, but when you have something, it says that you are a possessor. And as a possessor of whatever the Lord has allowed you to have, it's essential that you take ownership. It's essential that you allow what God has given you to become a part of your makeup. It's yours. If he gives you a rhema word, take ownership. This is my word. This is what God gave me. And, and when you take ownership of what 
God has given you, you also have to have the mindset that you're not going to allow anything or anybody to take what a holy God gave you. If he gave you a rhema, you, you have to make up in your mind that you're not going to allow what Jesus said the devil would try to do. Take your word. Try to get it out of your, your heart. You've you got to make up in your mind that, that I'm a possessor of a rhema that I prayed for and God gave it. And I'm not going to allow anything or anybody to take it from me. You have... You have things and people with it, without the church or outside the church and people inside the church that may try to take from you what God has given you. Even you yourself can be your worst enemy. You get to going through trials, tribulations, and so forth. And you will talk yourself out of what you confess God had given you. God, I gave me my way out. But then trouble comes and you'll start, Lord, I thought I had my way out, but maybe. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Because when you start talking like that, you're talking double-minded. And the Bible is clear in James 1. A double-minded person is not going to get anything from God. You hear me? Not going to get anything from God. God heals. He delivers. He, gets ble he gives blessings. He causes, he causes things to work out for your good. But if you get double-minded, you're not going to receive any of that. Any of it. A double-minded person, again, will not receive anything from the Lord. Not one thing. So when you possess something, you hold on to it. With the understanding, again, according to what Jesus said, that the devil, demons, circumstances, situation, people, self, so forth, going to try to take what God gave you from you. You got to hold on to it and allow it to become a part of your makeup. And one thing it takes in order for us to hold on to it, no matter what, is maturity. And it's, and it's a simple way to become mature, biblically speaking. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, just stop being immature. Paul said, when I became a man, I'm a tool, I just put away childish things. That's all it takes. Just put it away. But it hurt that, yeah, some things going to hurt, but just put it away. It don't feel good. It, well, put it away. Don't try to complicate becoming mature. Don't try to make excuses for not being mature. Don't beat around the bush. Just put away immaturity or childishness and just get on the road of maturity and just and just grow just grow because there are some people that have not done such 
And because of it, they're on level three when they should be on level eight. Some of us have enough knowledge, enough understanding in reference to what we have been taught to be on a level eight. But because of childishness, we're on num number three. And that's not a throw off, that's just the truth. Paul, well, the Hebrew writer said, uh, at the time you should be teaching, you're in need of being taught. But then he dropped a bomb on me. He said, you, you need to be taught in reference to the first principles. Uh, basically, you need to go back to elementary school. We can't, we can't be like that. We have to get to the point to where we take ownership of what God has given us and then we start thinking, talking, and doing accordingly in the church and outside the church. When all is wonderful, as well as when everything that can go wrong is taking place. You, you hold on to what God has given you. You hold on. Will there be challenges? Yes. But no temptation, no challenge will come to you that is not common to man. People are going to experience things. Saints and sinners. But you are different in that you have been given divine wisdom. In order to deal with whatever comes your way. You don't have to deal with it like a, like a sinner. You, you deal with it like a saint. Because God has given you a gift to give you knowledge and understanding. Week in and week out. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Now before we deal with the text uh, in totality. I, I want to just read certain things that, that are in line with what I've been saying in reference to possessing. Possessing and, and knowing for certain that it's yours. You have it. You own it. And so forth. I want to look at a couple of things that the psalmist said. We're going to start in Psalm 66. Psalm 66. And I want you to notice the wording very carefully and consider the first few words of Proverbs 17 and 27 as we read here in Psalm 66. We're going to start at verse 16. If you dare say, I'm there, preach. Come in here all you who fear or worship God. And I will declare what he has done for my what? The psalmist knew that the Lord had done stuff for him. Was he a possessor? Yeah. He knew it. God did this for me. See, if, if you're not careful, folk will try to talk you out of what God done, done what you know God done done for you. We got to be like the psalmist. We got to know what he has done and 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 
what it affected in our life. The psalmist knew he had done things for him, but specifically his soul. He knew it. Look at this. Come and hear all of you who fear God, and I will declare what he has helped me. For what? I cried to him with my mouth, and he extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly, is he a possessor? Yeah, he's certain. But certainly, God has what? I know he done heard me. He took ownership of his prayer. I know he done heard me. There's a mature person. What he done did? Put away the dumb stuff. You got to quit being a baby. When it comes to certain things. You agree? Again, verse 19. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. And so he gives him a praise. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. He was certain that the Lord had heard him. See, we have to learn to be certain without a sign. Your certainty should not be based upon a sign. The Bible has told us what our certainty should lie in. Praying according to his word. If you ask anything according to my word, what I'm going to do? I'm going to hear you. John said, and we know if he hears us, that he's going to grant. Our petitions. But, but then comes the maturity. Because when all the stuff comes telling you that it's not going to happen. You base. What is going to happen on your certainty. Maturity. And above all. What is written. And revealed. He possessed it. And we have to possess it. Let's, let's consider one more passage. Let's go to Psalm 94. Psalm 94. Let's go there. Verse 22. Psalm 94, verse 22. You ready? Notice this possessor and his certainty. But the Lord, help me. My what? And my God, the rock of my what? He knew he, he, he done protected me. He has been my defense. He was certain that God had been his defense. I, I tell people with certainty, I, I would be dead or crazy if it hadn't been for God. I'm certain about that. 
I, I, I didn't know Ella White when he uh, was around the gambling table all night long. But I'm certain in reference to him, if God would not have saved him, he would have ended up broke. You hear me? Because, it, because if you so into wickedness, sooner or later you're going to what? Reap it. There's a lot of you. I didn't know you if you were a tight boy, but, but I'm certain if you would have kept holding on to God's money, that you would have ended up bankrupt, broke, without, and so forth. There are certain things that as children of God, we just need to be certain about. And we need to take ownership of. You hear me? It's just like when God, you know God told you he was going to heal you. It don't matter how Rough things get. You got to hold. God said he was going to heal me. And I'm going to hold on to that. God said he was going to save my child. He said if I be faithful, he'll save my house. The same way, he, the same way Paul told the jail. And Paul was certain. Paul said, look, if you, be, if you get saved, you be faithful, he'll save your household. He was certain about that. There are certain things you got to be certain about. And people that are certain are possessors. When I was poor, I knew I was going to have money one day. I knew I was going to have money where I wouldn't have to ever worry about money. You know why? He told me. When he told me what, when he told me about my financial situation when I was broke. Is there anything uh, worse than broke? Because I wasn't just broke. I was, is it a broke, broke, broke? Uh, tell me y'all know what I'm talking about. But when he told me, if you do what I tell you, I'm going to supply your financial needs. And that just is not for me. You know, I thought I was special at the time until I got to read scripture. That, that's just God's wish. Huh? Now, when it comes to Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Now, we know that's talking about rich in the sense of being productive in every aspect of your life, but, but that also includes finances. But you have to take ownership of that. You have to take ownership of Malachi 3 when you bring God his tithe. You have to take ownership and say, you know what? The window's going to open. He's going to pour out a blessing. I ain't going to have room to see. And then folk that I don't even know going to look at me and call me blessed. But you got to take ownership of certain things. Because if you don't take ownership, you will accept your situations 
And whatever you accept, you'll start to live it out. Or you'll start to think it, talk it, and do it. When they say, I'm going to die. Yeah, and, you, and, and when you take ownership of them saying that, you'll start to think it, talk it, and it'll manifest. Now, I just showed you just two passages, but there are tons of passages where people just take ownership. But the people in Scripture that took ownership, they knew God. They knew God was not a liar. Knew he wasn't no liar. Knew if he said it, it would happen. And we know according to Matthew 24 and 35 what Jesus said, heaven and earth shall, but not my word. Not my word. And biblically speaking, Jesus believed in the written and the revealed word. Because when he put forth a written word, when he read it, he then turned around and gave a revelation behind it. And the same thing happened with the apostles and others. They may have spoke from the psalm, but then they tailored a word to fit whoever they were teaching. God changes not. Malachi, what? Three and six. Hebrews 13 and eight. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't just get knowledge and understanding just to get it. You, you, you get it and you possess it and you allow it to become a part of your life. When you show up wherever God sends you or wherever you're led to go, you have to use what God has given you ownership of or what you have taken ownership of. You got you, you to use what you get from God everywhere you go. Amen. And it takes knowledge and understanding and wisdom in order to Use it properly. And so, contextually, we have to make sure as possessors of knowledge and understanding that we adhere to what Solomon talked about here in Proverbs 17 and 27. I'm going to deal with these two clauses and I'm going to be done. All I ask you to do is ride with me. Just ride with me. Stay with me. Say to your neighbor, we got to stay with the preacher. Notice, he, the first clause, he who spares, well, he who has knowledge or possesses knowledge spares his word. He who has or possesses knowledge spares his or her words. Knowledge is necessary, biblically speaking, if we don't want to be destroyed.
Hosea 4 and 6. God's people. Didn't say sinners. God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You got to have knowledge if you don't want to be destroyed. If you don't want ruin to happen in your life, you got to have some know-how. And based upon Jeremiah 3.15, the know-how that God wants you to have is the know-how that comes from his, his gift. His pastors. And other ministers and teachers that have the spirit of God and his pastors. You understand what I'm saying? And so... I know I don't want to end up in ruin. I know I don't want to be destroyed. And so I have to allow the knowledge that God has given me help me use my tongue properly. He who has knowledge spares his words. You refrain from saying certain things. You can't, you can't just say anything. You can't just say anything in the church and outside the church. As a teacher to God's people, a minister to God, you just can't say anything. Why? Proverbs 18, 21. Death. Is in the power of the tongue. And life. Is in the power of the tongue. You, you have to spare. Or you have to watch. Your words. You have to refrain from saying certain things. Even when you want to say them. Notice I say even when you. Are. Your flesh. See we going to battle. Human nature. As long as we're on earth. Because we are in a mortal body. And we still deal with a, with a mind at times that's in contrast to God. Even though God, that's when God has to tell us through people like Paul, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ. Let it. Let it. Make it happen. Make it happen. When things are coming against your mind, refrain from what they're trying to tell you to say. Think and do. Let the knowledge that you have been given help you to say only what the Holy Spirit permits you to say. Holy Spirit will tell you positive things. Biblical things. Things that are morally sound and right. Holy Spirit will tell you the truth about it. And often the Holy Spirit will tell you to speak what naturally speaking you don't even see. Holy Spirit will tell you to do something 
that based upon your human mindset, you just can't see how in the world is this going to be, how in the world is this going to make a difference. You just won't see it. God, had, God asked Moses, what you got in your hand? A stick. Of course, we call it a rod. We just lift it. And when he just obeyed God by lifting it, the miraculous happened. God will tell you something as simple as drink some water. Just drink the water. Thank you, Lord. This water is going to give me a miracle. Don't, don't, be, don't let it come out of your mouth. I don't know what in the world water going to do. Suppose Moses said, what in the world, what, what a stick got to do with We need you to do something. Spare your words. If you're going to say it, say it based upon the knowledge that God has given you. From your pastor. Or from your studying. That the Holy Spirit has, has given you. Because he's going to stay in line with, with, with what the season is. I'm not telling you just to wait till you get here on Tuesday and Sunday and hear your pastor. No, you got you got to do some digging on your own. So you can bear witness that what I'm telling you is so. But you have to spare your words. But the only way you're going to be able to do that is, is you're going to have to use the knowledge that God has been, that has given you. When a person has or possesses knowledge, notice again the text, that person's Spares his words. They are slow or careful to speak. Let me show you what James said in, re in reference to this scripture that, that, that just complements this scripture or the first clause. Consider James 1 and I think verse 19. I want you to see this. I don't want to just quote it. James chapter 1. Y'all all right? Yes. Verse 19. Now this is what he said to the brethren. He said, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man, all y'all. You know, because some folks think, well, he, he, he sure told them. No, he talking to everybody. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to do what? Yeah. But slow to what? Yeah. And slow to wrath or get mad. You got to be careful when it comes to, to speaking. You got to watch. See, see sometimes you, you, need, you need to hear what folks are saying and, and they'll be ready for you to respond immediately. But don't you do that. You be slow or careful to speak. 
Sometimes folks will try to push you into doing something that the Holy Spirit hasn't released you to do. Especially professionals because some professionals just think they just know it. And, and, when they, and when they done came to a conclusion in their mindset, this is what needs to be done, point blank. And they expect when they tell you certain things that you should immediately say, say okay, let's do it. They don't want you to interfere and say, look, uh, I think I need to ask you some more questions. Now that's some. Some of them are not like that. But you have to be to the point to where you listen and you listen based upon your, your knowledge and understanding. And then you just be very slow to ask what you need to ask. Take your time in asking what you need to ask or saying what you need to say. Be slow to speak. She cuss you out. Well, don't, don't. Just be quick to say nothing. Even though you're mad. Yeah, you get mad if somebody cuss you out, but you got to remember, be angry. What is that? That's knowledge. That's knowledge. She just made me mad. But I ain't going to say that's just knowledge. You know that, because you, you know stuff like that going to happen. But you have to spare your words. You with me? Let's go to the second clause now. When you are a possessor of understanding, I want to read it again. We talked about knowledge, but notice when you are a possessor of understanding, you are of a calm spirit. When you have understanding, it means a number of things, but it especially means that you are you're not just simply aware of what's happening, but you're aware to the point to where you can discern what you need to know. You have understanding. It, it, it's not just the simple definition of just grasping what something means or something. No. You are aware of what's going on. And again, there is a discerning down to where you can tell differences or distinctions. Let me just break it down. Some of y'all looking like, well, I, I hear it, Pastor, and I, I understand it, but come on, break it down to the ground in my hometown. Come on now. <laughs> it's just like you can hear a person say, uh, well, the reason we charge so much 
for this particular car is because of such and such and such and such and such and such. But you are this earning that he's saying all this stuff because he want me to pay what he asking me to pay as if I hadn't done my research. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But, but it not only needs to be that way in the natural, but in the spiritual. You need to be aware of something and you need to know differences or distinctions. And the only way you can do that is because of being aware to the point to where you can discern. And that's what you call understanding. That's understanding, it, especially from a divine standpoint. I love what the psalmist said. The psalmist was taught things by his teachers. But then the psalmist turned around because of his relationship with God. He said, I have more understanding, get this, than all my teachers. See, his teachers could understand things, but only to a certain level. But his understanding went beyond just grasping a meaning of something, or really understanding a theory. His understanding went to the point to where he could discern certain things that they couldn't discern. He was aware of certain things that they were not aware of. And that's how it is with a child of God. What, what makes us have that type of understanding? The Spirit of God. It illuminates. The Spirit of God causes you to see truth in stuff. Ain't that what Jesus said? He said, when the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth He's going to guide you into all truth. How are you going to know all truth? Because he's going to allow you to discern things. Because folks can tell you something that sounds true because it contains truth, but it's not the truth you need to know in order to be productive. It's not the truth you need to know in order to get your healing, in order to get your deliverance. And so you have to have God's understanding. You have to have his understanding. You have to have his discerning to the point to where you can recognize things that you don't need to agree with and things that you do need to agree with. Because truth be told, um, some of us, we were raised to just agree with certain folk. Yeah. We, 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 were, just, we were taught crazy things. I remember coming up and, and uh, folk would tell you, well, uh, that's the doctor. God gave the doctor knowledge to do that. So you need to listen to the doctor. But, but that's only true to a certain degree. The day and time we are living in, now you have some doctors that their biggest thing is I got to get some money. And you hate to say that. You, you have to really be discerning and understanding about folks now. Because folks are in fields 
that, that, should, that they should care, be concerned about people, but some of them, they ain't in that field because they love and care about people. They're trying to get paid. You know every preacher ain't, ain't, ain't preaching just because he, he want to really make sure people get knowledge and understanding of God, help them receive the Holy Spirit. You know that ain't the truth. Every preacher that the bottom line is the dog. Yeah, it is. They are lawyers that the bottom line is the dollar. They'll milk you dry. Yes, they will. And, it, and you go to folk and you tell them you're a Christian when you buy on a call. They, they are Christian too. You Christian, I'm Christian too. Why? They're going to be Christian to get your Christian money. Man, he was a Christian too. I, saints, he was a Christian too. Oh, that's what he told you. You don't know if you would have been a Muslim that day, he would have been a Muslim. At least some of them. Some of them are real Christian, but some, they'll be whatever they need to be to get your money. And that's satanic. Because the Bible says even the messengers of Satan know how to become Angels of light. Why? In order to deceive. Lord have mercy. Got to have understanding. When you possess understanding, discernment, you are of a calm spirit. Folk can say things and, and, and it, don't, it don't cause you to get or to turn into an emotional wreck. But you calm because you know no matter what they say that you're going to be led by God. They'll try to paint a horrendous picture. But you are just as calm because it, in your spirit, God got the final say. Well, Mr. Walker, don't look like we're going to be able to help you. Well, I'm glad I know the earth is the Lord's and its fullness. When you got that understanding, what, whatever they say, you have the understanding within you of what does saith God. Yeah. There have been people that, that, have, that have said to some of us that I don't understand how you so calm and, and, and I just told you such and such. They'll just look at you because they, they be expecting you to react a certain way and you just be just as calm. And they'd be like, did you hear what I just said? And you'd be like, yeah, I heard what you just said. Uh, well, it just seemed like uh, there is no emotions or anything. Uh, what's going on? I, I prayed this morning and told God to direct my path. I told God to help me stay in his will despite this, that, and the other. I'll never forget this. I, I probably have shared this with y'all, but I, I, I'll never forget this. We, we were at the hospital, and uh, God had basically put in my spirit that he had took my mama. But this little, this little doctor came out and uh, so nervous, just so nervous to, to tell us what, what, what I am. I mean, just nervous. He said, well, who, who do I need to talk to and who... 
I said, well, look, you can, you can tell us what's going on. Uh, I have some bad news for y'all. Um, uh, uh, your mother, she, she died. She didn't. She, she didn't make it. I and I am so. And, of course, that was her being sympathetic naturally. But, see, God will prepare you. He'll prepare you ahead of time. He'll prepare you by giving you the understanding that, look, you know I'm the one with the book. I got the appointment. And when it's somebody's time, I'm coming to take them. Look, you know what I use John to write? Blessed are those who die. Well, in the Lord. See, you have to have understanding. That way, when, when something is said to you or something happens, you keep a calm spirit. Oh, God. But look at your neighbor and say, it'll never happen if you're not a possessor of understanding. I've seen folks get wild at the casket. Why did you have to take her? Why? Take me with you. Oh, don't act like that. Y'all aren't seeing that. You don't seen folks get crazy. You got, to, you got to have understanding that life going to happen. And in life, some things are going to happen that you're not going to fully agree with. And that's when you have to allow the understanding that God has given you kick in. And just recognize it's a part, this is a part of life in the midst of, get this, hurting. You're hurting, but you recognize this is, this is something that God ordained. This is something that God said would happen. You got to have understanding about things. When you get turned down, you, you, and God untold you that, look, I'm going to bless you, but then you, you go looking for the blessing, and, and the blessing does not happen. You got to understand that that's just a part. That's just a part of it. It's a part of it, but you can't stop. You got to have the understanding, even when I hit a wall, I got to keep going. And we got perfect examples in Scripture. You remember Elijah? He, he, it had been a famine. And uh, the Lord had put in his spirit, it's time to pray that the famine just cease. And when he got to praying and told his servant, I want you to go look and tell me what's happening. And he went and looked, came back. Hey, ain't no rain happening. He got to praying again. Go again. Went back, hit another wall. Hey, ain't no rain. Ain't no rain. Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing happening. And then he done prayed seven times. Sent him back, and then he came back. Hey, it ain't. It still ain't nothing happening. It's, it's a low cloud. It' about this big too. He even knew the size of the cloud. He said, "It's about this big, size of the hand of a man." And some of us know if you see a cloud in the sky about this big, in your mind, it ain't gonna rain. It ain't gonna rain. It's just a little bitty cloud right there. And if it do, it's just gonna be in that little spot right there. And when he told him what he saw, look at faith. He said, go tell the king to prepare because there is an abundance of rain. Hold on. 
in my spirit. He had the understanding that, that, that what's going to manifest is going to be revealed to me before it happens. Y'all let like y'all don't know Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do unless he, he told a backslidden king he told his servant go tell that backslidden king he didn't say it like that I'm just paraphrasing go tell him to prepare because there's an abundance of rain in my spirit and he was a backslider but he still prepared and he got to going, but, but God got in uh, the prophet to the point to where he outran a chariot, a horse, the king's horse. And the king had the best horses, but the prophet still outran him, put a miracle in his feet. And he was up in age to put a miracle in his feet so he could outrun a horse. Y'all need to start reading y'all Bible. There's some stuff in there, God. Go. But when you have understanding about stuff like that, you keep a calm spirit. Mr. Walker, we ain't going to be able to help you. Uh, you sure? We ain't going to be able to help you. Well, okay. Well, it's still going to be done. I like to tell folks that it's still going to be done. You just done miss your blessing. Yeah, you have to tell folk. But you got you to gotta have an understanding in your spirit of what God is saying and what he's doing. And you hold on to that understanding. You, you have to have an understanding that you're going to go through a whole lot of trouble before good happens sometime. Y'all ain't read Job. Man, Job went through one thing after another, after another, after another. This is the thing, though. He had folk that you would expect to be an encouragement to him, including his wife, discouraging him. Do you know what it is not to have nobody? Encouraging you, but, but you still keep going. Why? Because of the understanding you have. Your understanding is that folks will forsake you. Do you have an understanding? You better get it. I can't see why she did that to me. Well, you ain't read your Bible. Y'all all right? Okay. Um, but when you are a person of understanding or you possess understanding you have a calm spirit I'm going to show you a passage then I'm, I'm done Lord have mercy because it's 815 I need to hurry up and get done let's go to um, I think I want to go to Luke chapter 8 y'all listening y'all just ready to go okay you quiet I just want to make sure Now notice uh, Luke, the 8th chapter, and consider what was going on. It says, now it happened 
Oh, I didn't tell you what, what verse does. You can tell the preacher excited that. <laughs> Luke 8 and 22. Go down. Preacher was too quick to speak, wasn't he? Now it happened on a certain day that Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, pastor with the members, and he said to the members, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And so they lunched out. But the preacher decided he's going to go to sleep. Notice, as they sail, Jesus, or the preacher, fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. They were literally in jeopardy. Literally in jeopardy. Water was coming in the boat. This literal, it was, it was, it was happening. Verse 24. That he's grown men. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased. And there was what? Could he, have, could he have calmed what was taking place if he was not calm in his spirit? If he had got in, the, got in the same seat that the disciples were in, would he have been able to speak to the storm? No. So the implication, he had what type of a spirit? He was gone. Something horrendous or awful was happening, but who remained calm? Now, it was on water, but, but do you believe if it would have been on land, it would have been the same thing? Matter of fact, we can go to several passages, but I'm not going to do it tonight to prove, to prove my point. But when other folk are acting out of character or letting a situation cause them to talk certain ways that they shouldn't, you, child of God, need to be the strong one. You got to be the strong one. You have to be the one that's going to make sure no confusion takes over. You can't ask them to pray with you. You see, Jesus didn't ask for their help, period. Why? They weren't in the place. How they going to help? They, they weren't on the page with him. Come on, y'all. We just need, you don't need to ask them to pray. They already cutting up. You go somewhere yourself. 
and pray. David learned that. These folk were talking about stoning David, killing him. And, and so David knew, I got to get away somewhere and pray. And I sure ain't going to ask them to pray with me. Certain situations, you, you have to pray alone. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Notice this. Then he arose and rebuked the wind. I'm, I'm in verse 20, 24, the latter part. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and they, there was a calm. But he said to them, oh, good God Almighty, where is your what? Where is the word God? Faith comes by? And hearing? Where's that knowledge and understanding, Peter? Peter. John. Brian. Anthony. Keisha. Samuel. Where is that faith? Faith comes by? That's what he asked them. Y'all have been taught better. Now, now get this. You, you can find nowhere in the scripture where he taught them how to deal with raging water. He didn't teach them that. So what was he talking about? Where, where is your faith? He was talking about things that he had taught them to deal with any type of circumstance or situation that arose. That's what he was talking about. It's a lesson in the literal. You just have to see it. Amen? Lord, I'm going to hand the praise. God. Go.